0: Asian Pop Nation on Sin ninety point seven.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Asian Pop Nation, aka Sin's resident Asian music and culture show. My name is Lisha, the executive producer of the show, and let's first talk through all of the songs that you just heard. The first song we played it comes from this beautiful collaboration between Japanese indie rock band Hitsuji Bungaku Gaku and Taiwanese artist Lucy with their song titled Oh Hey. We then played a lovely new pop R&B song from our very own Asian-Australian female artist and designer, Minhee. She is back with her new song titled Entangled, which tells a bit of a true story that I'm sure may ring true for some of our listeners about a relationship where you're so intimately connected, but also over-dependent. Make sure to check out all of these new songs that we played just now and we will continue to play as we progress into our show tonight. And speaking of this week's show, we have not just myself but our team tonight of Celeste, Xenia, JP, Tracy, and Lee, talk through all of the latest Asian content and news that have popped up throughout the last week or so. We have a little bit of a deep dive on both the newest K-drama on the block called The Sound of Magic, and the story of a couple wanting to sue their son and his wife as they demand for grandchildren. We also talk about a new game making its way Pretty soon, with the upcoming release of the brand new Ni no Kuni Cross Worlds MMORPG, plus quite a handful of news that revolves around the K pop world, coming from Alexa winning American Song Contest. We also have Girls' Generation comeback news and Epic High coming to Melvin, and just so much more. So be sure to stay tuned to hear our APN team have our usual banter and discussions about all of these topics. We also can't forget about all of the latest Asian music we have for the month of May, so let's kick it off with this brand new upbeat and fun track coming from honestly one of my friend's favorite male groups. We have Astro with their song titled Candy Sugar Pop. So excited to just jam out to this track and more here on Asian Pop Nation. Hello, hello, everyone. You are tuning into Asian Pop Nation and hearing my voice right now to talk through the songs that we just played. Honestly, felt like we played a trio of songs which are all quite dance-worthy tracks, starting with Astro's latest comeback track titled Candy Sugar Pop. We also had another K-pop male group added right after, coming from the group Saipa with their song titled Fame. Fun fact, this group was actually created by the legendary Korean solo artist Rain. We then ended it off with this brand new single that I am personally quite into, coming from British Burmese artist Lucy Tun with her song called Another Week. Appropriate title considering that yes, it's another week of Asian Pop Nation, and you might be thinking, what sort of topics and stories does our APN team have in store this time around? Well, for our first discussion for the night, we're going to be talking about a certain new K-drama, which was released exclusively on Netflix at the start of this month, called The Sound of Magic. Which is actually based on a certain old webtoon you yourself might have heard of, maybe even read it back in the day, called Manara. What a name, but yes, come join our APN team as we talk about Sound of Magic as a show, plus its origin story as a webtoon. Let's have our K drama expert, aka Celeste, bring us to this magical world.
2: All right. So let me ask you all a question. Do you believe in magic? Hell yeah, I do. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. If you do, I've got a story for you. Not really a story, but (laughs) a webcomic that came out back in 2010 by Ha Ilkwon called Anara Sumanara um, is now a k-drama called the sound of magic it features six episodes on netflix um came out not too long ago may 6th so if you're interested check it out and for those of you who don't know the story it follows the story of a girl who's a high school student um she's super poor and she wishes to escape the burdens that she bears from being poor and stuff um, by growing up faster and becoming an adult um she also does no longer believes in magic um, because of having to be poor. Because <laughs> that's, that's a thing, you know, okay, dramas. But yeah, um, it also follows the story um, of a magician who lives in an abandoned amusement park and he is a completely misunderstood person, as well as uh, one of Yun Ai's. I do not mention, did I mention the, the main character's name? No, I didn't. Her name is Yun Ai. Um, so she's got a classmate called Nam Il dong and he is super obsessed with studying and becoming the school's number one student, but he's um, later on in the series, um, realizes that he's actually trapped in this whole world of getting number ones, and yeah. So, I know that some of you have been reading the webcomic. How do we find it, and are you excited about The Sound of Magic on Netflix, as well as the fact that it is a musical?
3: Wait, a musical?
2: yes they sing and dance oh my it's God, great no <laughs> hey,
3: you know Isn't it like it, a
0: traditional musical where you know there's choreography and
2: duets and there is a little bit of that um a lot of it's mostly just to express the emotions that the characters are feeling like it's like a monologue but singing
3: oh that's super sick actually you know what i never really knew about this webtoon until um the drama was released or not released announced um, but I've been looking through it recently and oh my goodness, like for such an old webcomic, it's one of the most visually impressive things I've ever seen. It's so cool. Like it's black and white, but then like every now and then there are like photographic elements in it. And, like the artist and me is like, oh, oh, this is sick. So yeah, I'll, I'll check out the drama for sure.
0: The last time I read the drama, oh, not the drama, the webcomic was probably 2014, 2015, very early to my anime manga webcomic craze, um... And I just remember it having quite an impression on me that it was a shock to hear that it's a musical. Um <laughs> I don't know. I, I was I've been rereading it just in preparation to talk about it. And I just don't feel like it's there's a dark much story. It feels about. like one. You feel like it could be a musical?
3: Uh like a a sad one? I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think it was just like woe is me i'm poor woe is me i have to <laughs> have to try and be top 0.1 percent kind of yeah that sort of topic i suppose for singing and, and dancing that's another story i can't imagine anyone dancing in this, except for the magician maybe but yeah i think it would have been better as an anime or something like that maybe just because i'm so biased but (laughs) there's so so many there's so many visual elements like you know random pictures from reality kind of popping up that i think it would be too weird if it was live action
3: yeah no i know Um, what you mean
0: but i think it would be perfect for like an
2: animated film or show yeah look i did read a very long time ago i think whether as it was coming out each week it was releasing or so um, so I don't remember much of the story, but watching it as its own thing, it does work. Um, so just like remove biases. So, so if it <laughs> wasn't like it a an shot. adaptation, it just looks fine on its own, you think? Yeah, it looks perfectly fine on its own. Because like what you're imagining is like all these magical things within the webcomic um, is translated differently. And so it's like CGI, butterflies flying, sparkles here and there. It, it works on its own.
1: I've also, I'll say I've also been the same boat as you, uh, Celeste, as well, where I used to read the webtoon ages ago when it was, like, serializing and stuff like that. Um, but I am one of those people to have no recollection of the webtoon possible. I just remember the art style is just very unique and really, like, pretty and stuff. So, yes, I also was wondering how would they translate that in, like, the, like, K-drama setting and. Oh, so um, I initially thought that the like concept of doing a musical for a webtoon like this was a bit questionable. But I did watch like <laughs> I did watch like a little bit of the beginning of the K drama, and maybe I'm just an easily swayed person. But I thought the opening number, the little dance number that little school students did, it, it was kind of good. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. I was I was bobbing my head to it. So I think yeah, maybe and also it's only like six episodes which I think k Draw Standard that's quite that's actually very very short so I think I also would give it Like give it a full watch, honestly.
4: Yeah, to me they seem like completely and utterly unrelated. Like the one, the the is it the grade A, the A plus boy, (laughs) A plus boy. Yeah. In the um, in the web he has like a big, long, flat, in like head that looks like a big balloon, and he has no neck, and and his head just protrudes directly from his neck into this long, elongated head. Um, and in the K drama, he's just like a normal boy with glasses. So. uh,
0: I feel like disappointed Tracy yeah I wish it
4: was I, I- I feel like, yes, as an an anime, it would work better because a lot of the appeal of this webtoon is like the strangeness of the visual elements of the character designs, of the sort of random, why is his house, why does his his house have like a diamond with like a pyramid with a, you know, why why do we have these random things in here? Like visually, there's something visual about it that doesn't translate as well to a K-drama because, you know, TV has to, you need to have either real things, like real people, or you need to CGI them in. And um, it just loses some of that just oddness about it, I think. I think they try to compensate for the loss of oddness, visual oddness by maybe making it like a musical to make it sort of non-naturalistic in some way. Uh, but like, I'd really like to see something a bit like more surreal. Maybe it's, it hasn't, it's been quite realistic so far. Like, I wish it was more absurd, more surreal, just weird. Like I know k going can do like s- surreal, absurdist things, but this one so far seems pretty bog standard, but with musical numbers. From the first 20 minutes, as a disclaimer, I don't know much about it. Yeah, so those are my thoughts on it.
2: <laughs> You've heard our thoughts. Um, let us know on our Facebook page at Asian Pop Nation or on Twitter and Instagram. Um, let us know if you can check it out. Um, if you fancy reading the web comic or watching the drama on Netflix itself, love to hear your thoughts. Hello to all of our
1: listeners here on Asian Pop Nation, it's Leisha here, and I'm gonna fill you in on all of the songs you heard just now on our show. First coming from Korean artist Moto, we have the song titled Chatter Brackets Chatter, which honestly a bit too fitting of a title considering we are a bit of a talkative bunch here on APN. love you guys by the way, but moving on, we also played the song titled Pixie from Japanese band Croy. Before finishing off with one more band, this time from Sei Su Mi with their song called "No Real Place. So just like how earlier we talked about the K-drama Sound of Magic where you're kind of like transported into a whole different place filled with magic, well this time we're going to be talking about a new game coming soon which is a part of a well-beloved video game series and where you as the player are also transported into another world but this time with aesthetics that are very similar to what you see Coming from the one and only Studio Ghibli. So, if you're curious about what game we're talking about specifically, come join APN social media team member plus fellow presenter Lee and myself as we talk about the recent announcement of the game Nino Kuni Cross Worlds. Have you ever wanted to visit
0: the world within Studio Ghibli's films?
1: Um, as someone who's probably watched like max two Studio Ghibli movies in my entire life, which I know is like crime um oh. sure
0: <laughs> okay i'm gonna pretend i didn't hear that first part <laughs> well you can visit them through a new game that's coming out called ni no kuni Crossworlds, which oh, no. is an mmorpg that was released in japan south korea and taiwan last year and is finally coming to the rest of the world in june this year so Damn. ni no kuni is <laughs> a series of role-playing games and Crossworlds is the sixth game in the series Also known as the quote-unquote Studio Ghibli game, the world may look like the films, but Studio Ghibli actually has no involvement in this new game. Yeah, they only worked on the previous game called Wrath of the White Witch, where they did the animations. However, the famous composer known for his works in the Studio Ghibli films, Joe Hisaishi, actually composes and has been composing some of the soundtracks for the game series. Nino Kuni Crosswords follows the story of a beta tester of a virtual reality game called Soul Divers. Once inside the game, they encounter a glitch which breaks the system, and later on, do they realize that the game actually connects to the real world?
1: Wow. What? Very that uh, like that uh, Nossa is giving me a bit of a throwback to um Mr. Sort of Online. Sorta Online, <laughs> I was gonna say beta tester virtual reality. And then realizing that oh my god, the game is is like related to real life. <gasps> no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah, so definitely for me, straight away that's like the first thing that pops in my mind. Mm. But I've seen like because the trailer actually came out and stuff like that. So I took a yeah. little peek and stuff before we talked to the segment. It looks really pretty. And I mean, again, probably why it gets like the phrase you mentioned thrown around that it's like a Studio Jubilee-esque game because the yes. visuals are very like Studio Jubilee-esque. There's a literal character there straight up just looks like How.
0: I know. <laughs> I think he's like the the canon character that you've chosen. But oh. yeah, he looks great. And you can fully customize like their appearance. I'm pretty sure. Ah, yeah. And you get to choose between five classes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Ooh.
1: yeah, which so, I, don't, I don't think is like a thing that Nino Cooney has done like prior nope. from from my basic knowledge of nope. the game's existence. I don't think they've had like a class system where you can like pick classes. Yeah.
0: I think that's also the first MMORPG within the series, but yeah, you can oh. choose between swordman. Sword, I'm sure they. <laughs> I'm sure they meant swordsman. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, Which rogue engineer or destroyer?
1: Oh, okay. again okay, and a yeah. few of them by the name alone, you can kind of tell like what they're like yeah. the role is I'm like hmm, I wonder if destroyer means like a tank type of character. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean Lee, what, what do you know about Neo Kudi? I'm very curious like um, with your background. Have you played The other games before no, I haven't.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I I think they also have a film out. What oh. I what I, I did I, I have not watched it and I don't know much I actually don't know much about the Nino Kuni uh franchise mm-hmm. except that Studio Ghibli world type <laughs> beat
1: yeah and the fact that this you meant, what, was it that it's free question mark oh yeah it is free that's like the big i yeah. guess that, that's like the main thing oh our eyes went oh, oh free <laughs> free time to uh, pre let me hit like the little stuff yeah pre registered yeah <laughs> so i think when it
0: came out in uh asia it was only on mobile oh, so when okay. it comes to the rest of the world it will be also available on pc
1: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure some Twitch streamers already have a early release. Ah,
1: uh, of course, yeah, as they would. The, the beta t- testing, the beta, the beta testing. Beta t- <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, little like inception moment there. <laughs> but yeah, it sounds really I mean, it seems... I think this is this is gonna be like a good introduction into the Nino Kumi world i would say for like the both of us i feel not just because it's free so i don't have to actually think about (laughs) like the monetary value if the game's like not good or whatever but i think this will be like a nice nice cool thing yeah i'm
0: definitely gonna check it out and download it but if you're not a fan of playing games ghibli park is also opening this year in november in japan in japan yeah that will be a topic for another segment so listeners if you're interested in the game let us know via asian pop nations facebook instagram and twitter and yeah (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) what a collection of song requests we played just now on asian pop nation by some of our dear listeners once again just thank you for the request We first played two song requests from our listener Matthew. The first song comes from Japanese group Ta Joshi with their song titled Ashita ni Tsunage Sayonara. The second song pick comes from another Japanese group, this time from My Dear Darling with their song titled Flower. Our final song request comes from Vivonne who put forward the song titled Best Lover from BB, which fun fact was actually performed first during 88 rising set at Coachella. We just love seeing Asian talents kind of just taking over in what used to be deemed as like typically traditional western music spaces. Another example of this and one that we're actually gonna go a little bit more in depth tonight comes from the first ever season of the American Song Contest 2022 which took place during May kind of matching with Eurovision Song Contest that also happened in May but Yeah, we're gonna be talking about this American competition because the winner of the contest was none other than K pop female artist Alexa. Woohoo! Let's have a moment to celebrate Alexa's victory together. So, if you guys have been keeping up, I guess, in the past couple of weeks, you would know that Eurovision, which is insanely very, very popular music competition show based in like Europe and stuff, plus Australia, woohoo, is <laughs> a very popular competition show, you would know that it happened. We're not talking about Eurovision particularly, we're talking about, I guess you'd say its counterpart, which is the American Song Contest, um, and to kind of explain what the American Song Contest is about, it's pretty much bringing all 50 U.S. states, their five territories, as well as the nation's capital, Washington, D.C., to compete for America's vote for the best original song, Snoop Dog and Kelly Cox are also like the host there. It was just a random fun fact thing that I don't know why it mind-blowns me till this day that this is the combo we have for the host. But anyways, why are we talking about the American Song Contest? Well, May 9th, which was the day that the finale of this contest happened, Korean-American solo artist Alexa actually won the entire competition. And since this was like the first year that they run the American Song Contest. This also makes her like the first ever winner in general for the contest, which is pretty cool. And Alexa in particular, she performed her song Wonderland throughout the whole like 18 week, not 18, eight week run of the contest. She was representing her home state of Oklahoma and yeah, she won with 710 points in total. If you know Eurovision, the voting system is essentially the same. You're combining votes from a professional jury plus public voting at the end and she literally I don't want to say but she literally kind of smashed it out of the park kind of outbeating everyone else by the end and yeah she won and she kind of described the whole winning experience as quite like an emotional time her mom was like there with her and they were crying and she was crying and oh uh, again so happy for her for her win and as part of her winning she was invited to attend the Billboard Music Awards I saw some pics online she was adorable um and also her song Wonderland which we mentioned earlier is being played all throughout the American summer season on the iHeart radio stations all across the U.S. and yeah just wanted to know what you guys thought about like her performance because we watched it prior to recording and Yeah, what's your thoughts overall of Alexa winning American Song Contest? (laughs) Bro, bro,
3: her performance is so extra. It's so red and everyone's dancing. It's like, oh, it's crazy. (laughs) Music's all right, though.
1: uh, (laughs) I, I would say, yeah, she definitely gave like when it comes to stage presence and like. The overall theatrics, and again, since American Song Contest is based on Eurovision, Eurovision is also very popular for bringing out theatrics and stuff like that. I think she excelled, especially on that department. And I would say, to my opinion, in the song as well, it's been stuck in my head ever since I heard it. It just it doesn't go away from my head. But yeah,
4: I think the song itself is fine. Like the song itself is very very generic. But the reason why <laughs> she won is because she's a really really good performer. And she really sold the song. If the song was even better, that'd be great. But, you know, I think the main reason is because I think she she understood the assignment um, mm-hmm. that, you know, the American Song Contest is a performance-based contest, right? It's not like a how, how much can you emote while strumming your guitar. It's like how much of a show can you put on for a TV camera? And coming from K-pop, she instinctively obviously knew how to perform for the tv cameras i guess and she's a really 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 good charismatic performer so i'm really happy that she won because she deserved it 100 percent
1: and she's had like a very she's a very interesting background into becoming like a solo artist as well a lot of trials and tribulations if you will
4: well first of all she's like half korean her mom was an adoptee and her dad is russian and uh, as a kid, I think, I remember reading that she did a lot of cosplay and stuff like that. And she basically entered into a competition that was ri- ran by Sumpi, which is the, um you know, the news source that everyone gets their news from. Anyway, they ran a competition and she won the dance rounds one time and she ran the whole thing the next year. And she basically uh, ended up in Korea as a trainee, I think the first trainee um under the Zany Bros um entertainment company, ZB Entertainment, something like that. And this is pretty cool because they're not like an entertainment company in like the um, traditional sense. Like they're not like a huge label or whatever. They're quite a small label, but they are mainly music video makers. So Alexa signed to uh, ZB and then she went to Produce 48. So this is the survival show that formed Eyes One. And Eyes One went on to be a really massive, massive group.
1: I think as we're commonly going to bring up, like she definitely, when she got to Produce 48, she had quite a loyal like more international fan base that was backing her up in the show but not too much in like korea in korean sense and at the moment not at the moment at the time the way to like voting was how do you explain it like you have to do more like local sms voting and stuff like that so she did not make it too far in the produce 48 show unfortunately but she was really like talented and stuff like that like a lot of people i think she gained quite a lot of fan base from there because a lot of people they were, like, interested in her and stuff like that, but she did not make it too far. And then after that, she just maintained kind of being in, like, the solo artist realm. She never, like, delved into, like, a like a group afterwards or something like that. She just kind of kept honing her own, like, solo artist type of career. And now she's here winning freaking American Song Contest. It's just, it just feels like a turnaround moment. Like, again, in pretty yeah. it's just a oh, mind-blowing moment for me, personally.
4: Yeah, she came, like, something like 80 seconds. Like, she came, like bottom 25 or something in produce 48 which is mind-boggling considering you know how talented she was i guess And how talented some of the other contestants were um but yeah she i think i know her from dive podcast she used to host a podcast called how did i get here with jay from day six
0: mm-hmm.
4: um she was in a bunch of their podcasts because she obviously is a really in, you know pretty intelligent speaker very coherent uh, Damn,
3: why yeah. did she win though why compared to everyone else
1: in the American song
3: contest.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's take like a little look through the other like contestants and stuff. What what's like your general yeah, wh- consensus <laughs> of like majority of the performances? Yeah, was up against.
2: Um so just from the thumbnails I've ignored everyone that's just playing a guitar just standing on a <laughs> mic um because that's what it's going to be like for the whole thing. But um the few that had like other performers with them um they did pretty well, but they didn't have as much like stage presence as Alexa does. Like, mm. Alexa's dancing while singing, while others are just like, they've got a little dance break in there. Or mm. like, they're just like moving around a little bit while singing, but Alexa's like, don't ham on the choreography. Like, she's there to like burn the stage up. Sort of
1: thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. And she like jumps <laughs> off some stairs in the end and disappears. Like, whoa. Yeah. You
1: know? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I totally agree. It's just like you just look at it and you're like, yeah, she's clearly just burning the stage, <laughs> I don't know. Plus her like singing live and dancing at the same time. But I was just like...
3: She was singing live? That wasn't like pre-recorded?
4: Everyone no is. live.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy.
4: Yeah, this is way more live singing than you usually get from K-pop. So like, oh. props to her for that. Like, that was the first thing when I was watching this. up. It was like, oh yeah, obviously she's great performing and that, you know, that's a given. But like the live singing I was like, yeah, oh wow, not, she actually is how, live.
3: How do you not run out of breath? Do <laughs> she run does all that?
4: run out of breath, right? But she like... She controls it. Yeah, Yeah. she keeps going.
3: Oh, my God. Well, anyway, congrats, Alexa. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: We at APN want to say congratulations to Alexa once again for winning American Song Contest with her song Wonderland. And yeah, let us know what you guys think about um, Alexa's performance. And I guess overall. America's first time doing this American song contest type of thing. Yeah, let us know what you think through our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Asian Pop Nation. Hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation here with myself, Leisha, plus the rest of our APN team who you hear a little bit later after we go through the songs we just played. Starting first with a brand new comeback track from Korea male group AB6, we have the song called Savior. We then had two songs coming from some Japanese bands, first being Mono No Aware with their song titled Tasting, and lastly we have Ego Apartment who have kind of been on a roll in terms of 2022 releases as they are back once again with a new song titled Fog. You know, I feel like placing a song with the title called Fog kind of perfectly matches my own emotions when it comes to this next story we have tonight. When I explain it a bit and when our team go more in depth about this unique tale, you probably you'll get the picture and you'll understand why this whole situation just kind of leaves me a little bit lost. Now, what are we talking about exactly? You might ask. Well, recently there was an article reported by the NBC of a couple who decided that they wanted to sue their son and his wife with the core reason being because they wanted grandchildren. Yep, it's a little bit of like a harsh situation, but let's talk more about it right now.
3: So, have you ever wanted a grandchild so badly that you were willing to sue your own son? Well, you're in luck because such a thing has very recently happened. (laughs) Uh, Disclaimer though, we suggest you don't actually do that, please. That is so weird. But anyway, let's get into this story. There is an Indian couple who is in the process of suing their son and daughter-in-law, demanding that they produce a grandchild within the year or pay them 50 million rupees, which is roughly like $675,000. So their son, uh, a pilot, was married six years ago. uh, And ever since then, it's come to be a bit of an emotionally sensitive issue for the couple Sanjeev Ranjan Prasad, 61-year-old retired government officer, wants grandchildren from his son because he spent his life savings on his pilot training in the U.S., which was roughly 3.5 million rupees or $47,000. And the couple feels that at their age, they need grandchildren. You know, they love kids. However, they're hurt that their son doesn't think much about them in this regard. At least that's how they feel. So the court heard this and actually accepted their petition, and they have scheduled it for a hearing on Monday in Haridwar, a city in northern Uttarakhand state. And in their final comments, the couple overall feel pretty unlucky that they aren't receiving the love and affection where they want it the most. So uh, open question to everyone. Are they justified? No, of course not. (laughs)
2: But hell no just absolutely uh, hell no. not
3: <laughs> you'd never sue your own children for not giving you grandchildren so is there less.
0: even a law that makes you know your children
1: <laughs> i don't know that they're obliged to have your children like yeah exactly i don't get it why did the court like accept this in the first place it's mind-boggling to me i don't get it
2: <laughs> maybe they just want to hear how the drama unfolds as well yeah. <laughs> they're just
1: teasters
3: maybe the lawyers are just bored you know it's like oh man you know i have to go through you know the next you know boring case oh what's this one let's go for it
2: it's like, well, I'm getting paid, yeah, yeah,
3: sir, again. Yeah, let's go, man. No, <laughs> oh, what an odd situation. I can understand how sad they would feel, right? Because you know, once you get to that age when you're old and like your kids have gone off and it's just you and your boring partner, it's like it gets kind of depressing sometimes. It's like, oh man, wouldn't it be nice to have grandchildren? Yeah. But like I mean, to go to the point of actually, you know, filing a legal case is a that's pretty intense.
2: Like they could just get a dog. a dog. And it would still have that same love and affection and care as a grandchild. <laughs> a dog.
4: Right? Um, it's so much easier. Yeah. And you oh, don't need to not... teach it how to, like, read the alphabet or anything, you know? Oh, uh, you don't, doesn't you need don't to have to. it sit. You can teach it to sit. You can teach it to, you teach it <laughs> That's to right. shake your hand.
3: You don't have to send it to take school. Take it to dog school
4: and it'll ace oh, everything. Oh, yeah, no, Oh, yeah. Perfect. School. Damn. But it's so funny, like, is the only reason to raise kids to have another grandkid? How do I phrase this? In what sort of world does a parent go, okay, I'll send you to school. But remember, in 30 years, you need to give me a grandkid. Like, that just doesn't make any sense. Oh,
3: no, it's strange. And, uh, you know, in a way, in a very strange roundabout way, them filing this case, it's like they're putting a monetary value on human life. Yeah. you know like what i mean it's like yeah. it's like a deal yeah it's
2: like it's the parents have like, spent money on their kid and now hmm. they want money on this grandchild like yeah what? yeah
3: the compensation man it's literally it's like human trafficking in a more abstract sense <laughs> if you think about it except the human doesn't exist yet so like
0: <laughs> can you imagine telling this like if they do have a kid just to avoid the lawsuit. Right. Like, mom and dad, how was I born?
1: Like, <laughs> sued me. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, that would be such a good origin story, not gonna lie. I would like to hear that. But yeah. it doesn't
0: feel like a, a a nice way to come into this world, you know? Yeah. No, it's like, not really. It's just out of obligation, fear of, or like, if they don't pay the money, do they get arrested?
4: Then they definitely won't have their they kids. No,
3: yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: According to this news article, I'm pretty sure it said that these prospective grandparents have given their own child a one year deadline. One year
3: period, yeah. Yeah, a one year
4: period. Oh
3: Oh my God.
4: In order to have a child. And it takes what, 10 months to carry a child to term?
3: Uh huh. Yeah, it's a a little (laughs) tight.
4: Because you know? they conceive <laughs> them within the
3: next two months. Yeah. And there could be
0: complications. What happens if, you know, there's a miscarriage or, right. I don't know, you lose a baby yeah. somehow.
3: Or maybe, like, financially, they're not in a good position to have kids. Oh, who knows? Mm-hmm. Man, exactly. that's tough, yeah. At the very least, give them five years. Jesus. <laughs> you know? Yeah, at least be fair. Oh. But, yeah, very, very interesting case. If you've got any spicy thoughts or opinions on this story, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Do not sue your kids.
1: Oh, the past three songs we just played on Asian Pop Nation were some golden tracks, in my humble opinion. Let's talk through these songs right now, though, starting with Singaporean female artist Jasmine Soko with her new single titled Future Tense. We also have a collaboration track from Vietnamese artists, and I apologize for my pronunciation, Tin featuring Huang Ton with their more sultry RB song titled Con Can Pai Noi Myun. And lastly, oh my god, we have a brand new release from The Love of My Life, aka Rina Sawayama, with her new cowboy esque single titled This Hell. That new single was also revealed alongside the fact that she will be having a brand new album coming in September called Hold the Girl. And just, I literally cannot wait because her Sawayama album literally is still, it still stands as one of my favorite albums of all time, full stop. I can just go on and on of other albums I hold near and dear to my heart, but also... We need to move on because there is another comeback news which equally has me and a ton of fans just really excited for as it is the comeback news of SM's legendary girl group Girls Generation or Sonyoshide, SNSD, whatever you want to call them. If I talk about this comeback any further on my own, I might just explode so uh, let's just quickly get into all of the details regarding girl's generation having their comeback in august after all of these many years breaking news from your sm entertainment um unofficial fan slash enthusiast Lisa up here on May 17, so SM Entertainment, they kind of dropped this big announcement that their South korean girl group, Girls' Generation, will be having their long-awaited comeback as a full group in August this year. Ah! I'm bringing out I'm bringing about it, but yes, all the details that we have about it is not too much, but again, I guess they're just trying to like not test the waters but just like keep people enthusiastic without spoiling too much but all the details that we have is that they're going to come out with a full new album during august it's kind of a cute way to commemorate their 50th, 50th debut anniversary you know they debuted back in august 5th 2007 me a literal child um with the song into the new world a very very popular debut um single and yeah this upcoming album also holds a little bit of significance because it'll be their first comeback with all their eight members in five years after another august 2017 release of their 6 studio album holiday night and essentially all the other news that we have about this comeback is that they're also going to be appearing in a lot of like korean tv shows as most like K-pop groups do during promotion but they're also going to be having their own standalone reality show during these promotions and yeah i for one am very excited but i'm curious to hear um what some of you guys think do do you guys like know too much about girls generation and stuff bro who's girls generation That's all. Doo, 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 doo,
4: doo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Girls' <laughs> generation is I believe that my chony had a girl's generation poster on his like oh, in his whoa, background yeah, really? when he did true. his YouTube videos. Wow.
0: True. Yeah. I remember that yeah, he was so a huge right.
4: girl's generation fan. So
0: true. <laughs> Every single was girl's person- generation like popular like w- are they partly the reason why there's such a huge craze now for K-pop like in the
1: western world or is that before Yes, they do play a very big part into, I guess you would say, the timeline of K-pop exposure in the Western world. Um, they've always had really, really fantastic bangers. My personal, one of my personal all-time favorite title tracks will always be "Genie." Yeah, but um, they had a really big, like, um, they had like a big, like, Western blow-up, especially on YouTube when The Boys came out. I mean, to the point that they had both a Korean version and an English version for the song. And during that time, they were also performing in a lot of, like, um quite a few what would you call it like oh yeah American like talk shows and stuff like that which prior to that didn't really happen too much in the k-pop world um but yes they they also got a lot of um YouTube awards I say that in quotation marks for um the boys in particular that was just like a real like blow up moment for them in the western scene but they've always been a very very iconic like go group in general, in like K-pop history, if you want to call it that,
4: very um, iconic. Mm-hmm. There is actually a video of them performing "The Boys." They made it. They made an English song called "The Boys" um, on the David Letterman show. Yeah, yeah. And a lot also, of I are. believe like the Kelly, the uh, like the American morning. Like they used to, they went on all the morning shows. Like they were probably the first Korean yeah. group to do that. They had, I think, three English speakers, so they were able to do that. Is that right? Three English speakers Three. or two? I think it's, yeah, two. So Two. Tiffany, they're two Tiffany. English speakers. Yeah.
1: Tiffany and Jessica at the time was one of the former members of the group. But yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. And also um, in terms of the highest grossing girl group tours ever, I have this article from SBS Asia Oh, from 2016. So it's a bit out of date. But um, in terms of the top 10 highest grossing girl group concerts of all time, Girls' Generation takes up five spots on that. Like it's like TLC, Destiny's Child, Spice Girls, Girls Generation. Like mm-hmm. they are big, 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 big. They were huge, and they still are massively, massively like recognizable and influential and legendary. Another cool thing about Girls Generation is that they were, I guess, one of the first, one of the first few sort of K-pop groups to sort of really explode in Japan. I feel like the girl groups, like this Ooh. whole wave of Japanese um, of, of K-pop girl groups that were popular in Japan, including like um, Kara. Mm. were really big. Oh, yeah. Kara was girls' massive. generation were yep. obviously massive. And interestingly, at the time in Japan, um the fan base was mostly young female girls. This isn't you know comparison to the fact that in like Korea and around the rest of the world it was just like thirsty men. But in <laughs> Japan there was young female girls and that's because the idol scene in Japan was full of like was Like they were a lot less trained maybe and, and, and a bit more like, oh, I'm your boy next door, I'm your girl next door. Whereas these girls generation girls were like, really, really good singers and really, really good performers. And so like they were sort of aspirational. On the other hand, they were, you know, they 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 had their fair share of mistreatment. Um, a lot of them got like back pain from like dancing in heels too much. So, you know, it it makes sense that they took so much time off. Like I would have it would have been crazy for them to continue being girls generation, like at the pace that they were going at in like 2012. So them coming back is like a really huge event. Um, because like they didn't stop because like, oh, they fell out of favor or anything. They stopped because they wanted to stop, essentially. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to stop and move on to new things
1: yeah 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 and like what you said a lot of the members like at the moment prior like what since the um holiday night album back in 2017 just a lot of the members they've just been doing solo endeavors we talked about Taeyeon's like album and stuff she's one of the big ones I would say that really has a lot of solo content out there but uh, all the members also have been doing a lot of solo stuff I think even three of them have since left SM Entertainment but they're still under like the contract thing that they can still be a part of the group. So it's also pretty cool to see that happening. Yeah. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah I'm so surprised. Like, because before you had all these um, arrangements where it's like, oh, I'm leaving the company, but I'm not leaving the group, guys. We'll come back. I and mean, that never happens. But now it seems like it's actually happening like, APIC tried it for, like, one comeback, and then they gave up, <laughs> and now and left. But um, Girls' Generation actually coming together under different agencies to be Girls' Generation again is pretty big, pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. And hopefully it's, like, because Dot7, which are also <laughs> coming back soon, are they also are in that similar thing where now the members are, like, different companies, but they're still coming back. So maybe this is, like, a sign of this becoming more, I like, guess, normalized in, like, the K-pop industry. I guess we
4: shall see, but... Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like Because I think before the suspicion was always like the reason why groups couldn't come together under different companies is because the companies, their original company would block it out of like petty spite. Like you left us, so we're not going to let you be a group again and reap all that money from your fans. Like I think that was the thinking behind it, right? Whereas especially SM, which is known to be incredibly, incredibly petty and mm-hmm. sometimes downright cruel to its artists. Yeah. So for them, of all groups, girls' generation, And of all the companies, SM Entertainment, to allow this to happen again is pretty unlikely and definitely wouldn't have been on my... 2022 bingo card bingo
1: card <laughs> yeah. but yeah again all in all i was uh, we're pretty excited to again wait till august and see what sort of new music they're going to be coming out with and yeah let us know true asian Pop Nation, on our facebook twitter and instagram of your thoughts about this girl generation comeback happening in august and yes let us rejoice all the fans together <laughs> This is Asian Pop Nation, residing here on Sin. My name is Lisha, and if you're just tuning in to our show right now, we just finished playing three incredible songs, all coming from Asian artists across the globe. We first played the latest comeback track from Hyoyeon aka Hyo with her new title track called Deep. We then also played a new single coming from Thai male artists not Tanot, who actually was the first winner of The Voice Thailand, by the way. Well, this time he is back with his new track, titled Melt. We then lastly play a track coming from former G-Friend member, who makes her return into the Korean music industry with her own debut EP titled Arira, and her title track, which is also called Arira. Speaking of former members, it is time that we at APN become a little bit evil, maybe a little bit menacing on our part for having this next topic exist right after our Girls' Generation news earlier in the show, which if you missed out earlier, you can check out Asian Pop Nation podcast available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Wink wink. But anyways, back to the topic. This is gonna be our little moment here on the show where we tap into some fan theories and conspiracies that all arose when former Girls' Generation member and currently singer, businesswoman, and novelist Jessica Jung released the second installment of her novel series with her new book titled Bright. This whole situation involves a little bit of a packed story, so let's have totally 100% K-pop fan Zenia give all the details about it right now.
0: Nothing says GG as writing a book that seems like your life, but isn't. It seems to be quite a theme in today's show. We'll be talking about former Girls' Generation member uh, and novelist and founder of a fashion brand, Jessica Jung, and the latest book that she's published, a sequel to her book series, which started off as Shine, and now we've got Bright. So, for those who are not really well versed in the world of K pop, like myself, the books detail the story of Rachel Kim. She's a 17 year old Korean American girl who gets recruited by DB Entertainment and comes face to face with the struggles of training to be a K pop star. In the sequel, it seems like now that Rachel has reached success as part of the number one K pop group in the world girls forever (laughs) she feels like something important is missing in her life right now which is love (laughs) (laughs) so we, we can see quite a few similarities girls forever girls generation some entertainment db entertainment um There's obviously a lot of buzz at the moment amongst fans and on social media So, how much of this is real and how much is this fiction. Some people have even shared excerpts from the book showing how the fictional character Rachel is in love with creating a fashion brand, which ultimately leads her to leaving Girls Forever. It's kind of like a fan theory at the moment that this might be why Jessica left or got kicked out of girls generation but we'd love to open up up to the floor i mean leisha as our sm correspondent (laughs) what are your theories do you think it's accurate do you think it's true what's the goss
1: yeah um so from what i've seen online again people just were just spamming so much like excerpts from this new bright book and there's so much drama with this rachel kim character and oddly very specific stuff that people were like yeah, no, no way. This is just like put out of your like, imaginary This has to be something from reality at some point because there's a lot of like the fictional character, Rachel goes through like a whole thing about like, oh yeah, she wants to start this fashion brand and stuff, but she also really likes creating music. And then there's like a whole additional drama about how like the DB entertainment people, they're like not approving of her focusing on this fashion thing. And she should just be like in the group thing. And then there's also like, These fictional members in this fictional group called Girls Forever were like, quote unquote, jealous of Rachel for pursuing into like this fashion brand thing. Apparently in the book, it caused this whole situation when they were supposed to go on tour. But apparently all the girls or something got together with the manager and said, I don't want to go on tour with Rachel if she still continues to do like this fashion brand. And that was like, <laughs> I love Jamie's, like shopping. This is drama. Damn. And then because all the members like got together and were like, we're not going to go on the show or like tour or whatever if Rachel is still in this group. That pushed the manager and everyone and like higher ups to be like, yeah, the rest of the group don't want to do, don't want to keep doing idle things. We're kind of going to have to like kick you out or something like that. And then that's how it goes details of like the group and all this stuff was really why this book kind of went viral because everyone was like oh my god is this kind of like sort of maybe potentially behind the scenes of why jessica left girls generation
3: oh mystery (laughs) lisha i got a question do you think she can actually get in trouble for something like this
1: i think like Something similar like this happened with her first book, and I think the publishers—I forgot what they did, but I just knew they had to like keep emphasizing that this is just a work of fiction. It is a
3: th- work of fiction. of fiction.
1: But it's like—it's
3: obviously not. But it's
1: like with the second, <laughs> book, it's like they do so little changes to the names. Like uh-huh. I don't know, try to go a bit further, you know? SM uh-huh. DB, what's the difference? I it's like. Girls Forever? Girls Generation? Who would have not, like, gone on, like, a random word generator and just, like, come up with something else? I don't know.
3: You know, at the same time, though, that's, like, legit. That's probably the best way to write books, to be honest. Like, the most, like, awesome books yeah. that have survived ever were straight-up, like, thinly-veiled autobiographies.
1: Really? Straight-up,
3: <laughs> yeah. Like, one of my favorite books, The Brothers Karamazov, like... Oh my god! A lot of the characters are basically just the author, and oh. how like terrible you know he is like, like all of his mannerisms insert. are there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, you know, and like you know inserts of other people he's met and such. So yeah, uh, keep going. <laughs> keep writing those books, man. Keep yeah, writing those books. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. I just... am. <laughs>
1: I want this to start, like, a movement where slowly, like, past k-pop idols and stuff will also start having their own books, and then we will just start having a whole genre. Literary
3: masterpieces.
1: We will start having a whole genre where it's just oh, k-pop dude. idols spilling the drama and stuff, because the k-pop industry, it's one of those things where it's, like, you just... You think you know all about it but there's so much stuff behind the scenes that like nobody knows.
4: <laughs> like a morsel of information comes out of like actual gossip that everyone goes crazy about. I so, remember mm-hmm. a well back um the inky guy sandwiches thing. <laughs> What Inky Guy's sandwiches thing was like? Oh, apparently it's a way that idols like to pass their numbers to each other. Inky Guy is like a music show that they go to. So when you're doing promotions, you have to go to these music shows every week. Uh And apparently, they would like sleep each other notes. The in things. the packaging for the Inkigayo sandwich and, like, give it to each other.
1: Really? And
4: the internet just exploded with, like, Inkigayo sandwich jokes. Again,
1: this is, like, this is the content I want. I, this is just what I want. It feels
4: like, K-pop is so, like, squeaky clean in terms of VR yeah. image. Like, they suppress very hard the stuff that they don't want you to know. Like, you know, um, it, it's considered, like, if two people get together and they start dating and in any other industry, it's like, oh, that's, like, cute and, oh, my God, power couple in K-pop. It's like, oh, no, we gotta keep hush hush because right, the social yeah. fans are gonna get crazy no but
3: you see it's it's the supply and demand right if you suppress it then like if any info comes out, the fans are like oh
1: yes this is cool you know,
3: <laughs> you know, it drives engagement you know i think it's quite clever
1: <laughs> <laughs> k-pop industry baby
0: love to see it <laughs> it's Jessica <laughs> part of any company now or is she just focusing mainly on fashion mm.
1: She could be, but from my head, I was thought she was just, like, independent. Technically, I could have wrote that she's, like, an influencer because that's just kind of how I see her now.
4: Ah, uh, okay.
1: But, but yeah. the main wiki thing points her out as, like, singer, but she's not come up with, like, a new song since, like, 2017, so...
4: It's probably not, like, where her passion lies, honestly. Yeah. Like, sometimes people do seven years of performing as a group and they realize, hey, I don't want to be a performer anymore or I don't even mm-hmm. want to be in this industry. That just happens. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jung obviously is you know on her way to become the next Dostoevsky.
3: <laughs> Hell yeah,
4: let's go! Of all books, why did you compare it to like no, no, Dostoevsky? Yeah, no, no, oh, I like the
3: books. <laughs> fun, it's a fun book
0: i mean if anyone anyone listening has their theories as to how accurate this book is do let us know on facebook twitter and instagram actually if there's any other stories of k-pop idols that you'd want to hear in an Mm. expose and i put that in quotation marks uh in a book (laughs) or a movie let us (laughs) know as well
1: Hello hello and welcome back to Asian Pop Nation if you're a returning listener and welcome to our show if you're just listening in right now. We're just kind of chilling here you know not just only giving like the latest Asian pop culture content and more and not only just giving the newest Asian music across the globe like these three songs we played just now Anyways, I will, I will cut the act. Yes, let's talk through all these songs that we played just now, starting with Japanese rock band Ivy to Fraudulent Game with their song called Hot Couture, which also come from their new LP titled Singing in the Now. We also have the big return of K-pop male group Got Seven with their first official comeback with a new album since leaving JYP Entertainment last year. We have their latest title track titled Na Na Na. And finally, we have the song titled 100% by Thai solo female artist, Ta Ui. Another fitting song title to our next and final group discussion of our show, as our team are just 100% loving all of the news releasing of just more and more Asian artists making their way down to Melbourne this year. We even talked about it two shows ago, which you can listen back on our Asian Pop Nation podcast. But this time, there have been some more tour news, this time coming from Epic High, plus some small mentions of some more other artists making their way down to Melbourne soon. So make sure to get your calendars ready for our group discussion starting now.
4: So two weeks ago, we talked about a bunch of Asian artists that are making their way to Melbourne in the next few months. From memory, we talked about The Who, which is a Mongolian metal band. We talked about Cat and Camel. There is a review for that concert coming up next week. We talked about, you know, a lot of people. But this week there was. Even more tour news, this time coming from South Korean hip-hop group Epic High. On the 14th of May, Tablo, a member of the group, uh, posted news that a Epic High Asia-Pacific tour would be happening with Melbourne as one of the stops. They're coming down on July the 11th at the Forum. And that is actually pretty soon. Straight after that, they're going to be going to Sydney on the 12th of July at the Enmore Theatre. Plus, they're going to be going all throughout Southeast Asia, visiting Singapore, Bangkok and Jakarta. Carter. At the time of this recording, um, we haven't got any of the ticketing details, but you'll be able to find more information about tickets when they do come out at epichigh.com. I'm really happy about Epic High coming down to Melbourne because A, they're a really, really legendary group and B, no one ever comes to Melbourne, especially Asian groups.
2: I am pleasantly surprised, uh, mostly because I saw them in 2019, so it doesn't feel so long ago, given that we've been in COVID and stuff. But it's great, yeah, as you said, Tracy, to hear a group coming back down. So I'm excited. Also during that time, Eric Nam was meant to perform, but he's moved his concert to September. So this makes me feel a little bit better about Eric Nam not performing in July. <laughs> but yeah, can't wait um, for Apinkai to come down. Um, hopefully, I can get a ticket. Foreign Theater is great. I really want to see him perform Rosario, and like it'll be so funny to hear Tableau perform sales part.
1: The concert back in like 2019. What's well, like the general demographic? I'm very curious.
2: Um, I think it was like a mixture of people who've been involved in K-pop for a while because High has been around for a while now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I only tuned in to K-pop around 2018 and only cared about Epik High because <laughs> yes, um they collabed with Sugar to produce the song called Eternal Sunshine. Then they have like a song called A Lullaby for a Cat, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, it was great vibes because they're a fun group. They're just... So lovely to be around, they joke a lot, they tell funny stories and their socials are pretty lit, especially during their US tour, they like record some really funny stuff.
4: I remember like um, it being like 2010 and my Korean friend showing me um their song Run and being like, you know, this is real Korean music, not that K-pop <laughs> stuff, you know, this is hip hop, so... You know that was my introduction to epic high because they've been around forever like they debuted, like their first full album i think came out 2003 so you know that's a long time ago that's before Yo, that's like ancient yeah when did super junior debut i think it's before super junior even debuted they were active when like hip-hop in korea really wasn't a thing and now you know hip-hop in korea is a massive massive deal
1: when did you say tw- 2003 is... 2003 damn i was three years made? old <laughs> <The> same <laughs> twinning, <That was> crazy. <laughs> they debuted at the same time as like TVXQ, essentially that that generation of like group. Type yeah. Of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're
4: second gen. Yeah, late first gen. Even. Yeah,
1: yeah, late first All gen right. type of thing. Yeah, they're very very household
4: name. <laughs> Please buy tickets to see Epic high They're very cool. They might even bring a cool opener along. You know, they brought Woo along to oh the North, North American tour.
2: I love it if Woo comes down. Like that would be the dream.
4: <laughs> anyway, uh, if you guys are interested in some, you know, classic legendary Korean hip hop, please check out Epic High. And if you already love Epic High, please check out their website to get updates on when their tickets are going on sale. That is July the eleventh at the Forum in Melbourne, and the twelfth of July at the animal theater in sydney uh, if you want to learn more about you know asian acts somehow for some reason coming all the way down to melbourne please follow us on facebook instagram and twitter and stay tuned to asian pop nation because we love to talk about asian
1: <laughs> artists coming down like biba doobie who's also going to be at the forum in oh, september
3: yeah.
4: <laughs> mention biba Ooh, doobie, UB, our biba favorite. doobie. Our favorite. yes can't wait Our favorite unpronounceable artist. Yes, can't
3: wait for Baba Booey. Let's
2: go. My my favorite (laughs) British
1: Filipino uh, singer. (laughs) Wahoo! Greetings to everyone who is listening to us right now here on Asian Pop Nation, whether live on air or on our podcast. It's Leisha here, the executive producer of APN, who is here to fill you in on all the songs that you heard just now. We first played the song titled This is Mongol from Mongolian band The Who, who are one out of the many Asian artists coming down to Melbourne very soon. But for The Who specifically, if you like their sound and want more details of their tour, make sure to check out the Live Nation website. Moving along, we also then played the latest track titled Giggle from Hong Kong artist Triple G before finally playing this track coming all the way from Dallas, Texas. We have the artist Andy Wu with his latest song called Special because you, dear listeners, should always be reminded of how special you are. And yes, it's kind of a cheesy line at first, but I feel like it's always good to have that little reminder, you know? Especially before we start to say our goodbyes for our show this week. Thank you so much for joining myself, Leisha, and our APN team tonight of Celeste, Xenia, JP, Tracy, and Lee, where we just had a... Jam packed show talking about new K dramas like The Sound of Magic, new video games like Nino Kuni Cross Worlds, while also having some celebrations for Alexa winning American Song Contest, SNSD making their big return into the K pop music scene, and Epic High and just the rise of Asian artists making their way down to Melbourne. We also have some miscellaneous talks as per usual, ranging from a story involving suing your own child for not having grandchildren yet, and an interesting book that kind of crosses between reality and fiction. Either way, thank you so much for always being just super down to listen to our assortment of fun discussions here on EPN. And before we say farewell, I think this will be the perfect little goodbye song especially for our on-air listeners who are listening to our show right now at a pretty late hour so make sure to have a good night's rest as we played a song titled good night by sarah khan featuring juju b goody remember you can always tune in to Asian Pop Nation every tuesday from 8 pm onwards right here on sin and for bonus content, you can always follow us at Asian Foundation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and listen to our Asia Foundation podcast available anywhere you stream your podcast. Good night, everyone.